When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Take it away, Lindsay. Okay, Lindsay. (laughs) Talking to myself. My uh, computer froze for a second. I couldn't get to the read. Apologies, Lindsay. That's okay. That happens. We we got our uh, Morongo mention in, so we're all good. Excellent. Uh, United Airlines, guys, announced today that it was making the largest South Pacific expansion in aviation history by increasing flights between the U.S. and Australia and New Zealand by 40%. They're going to be adding 66 weekly flights. Uh, I guess you call wow. it across the pond, right? Is that what they, or is that, is that like no, It's mostly just going to England, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, either way, uh, the new routes will kick off at the end of October. <laughs> on the 28th, four weekly flights from L.A. to Auckland will be added. And on November 29th, uh, United will add... Three and it's just as an increase in flights from Los Angeles to Brisbane. So if you're somebody who likes to go to New Zealand or Australia, now you're going to have direct flights, not across the pond, but I guess over in the desert, whatever the, the term is for that. Down under, that's the word. Down under. <laughs> Tell you what, that Bluey is a really popular show. It's gotten everybody to start flying over to Australia to see where they live. Bluey, a uh, New kids cartoon yeah. for folks uh, it's on the Disney. With it. It Disney is on the Junior. Disney Australian family of dogs. If you have children, it is really funny. It is it's actually a, legit a funny show. Great kid show. I mean, if you've never been to Australia or New Zealand, if you have the opportunity, both are beautiful. It's awesome. I'm going now. Been have you both. guys ever been down under? I spent a year there. Spent my a year in college. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm going. I just thought it was really exciting because it's like whenever they had flights and they go on sale and then I was about to say, does that mean they're going to be a little cheaper? Because usually they do like the inaugural when they do the the announcement and they put the flights on sale. They always do them super cheap. Well, it just it also, too, seems like the airline industry in general has a lot of, I don't know, ass kissing to do to the public because the last, I don't know, decade or so air travel has just gotten increasingly Horrible. I have a friend who actually he got so wrapped up and so uh, beat up by the the Southwest debacle around the holidays. The the compensation for that, he was able to take his entire family to Aruba. Wait, what? good for him. Aruba. That's awesome. Yeah. Seriously. That's how much he got from him. How badly did they screw him over? Must have been pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, do you know the details on it? I not that part, but I have another friend who like his. I was. You got a lot of flights and compensation and stuff wow yeah well yeah i mean they definitely they screwed that one up and you know without throwing out too many names united has definitely been in the middle of some dissatisfaction over the years as well uh so. quick update too to the uh the whole target thing uh this from uh, matthew palazzi Tar- the target trick is to not buy all of tar- uh, the to not buy everything when you go to target is to do drive up that way you don't even go in the store that's brilliant. Just buy everything online. They yes. bring it out to your car and you don't go into the store because inside the store is where they get you. I love Jorge right now is in the other room. He's just shaking his head. He's miming holding a shopping cart. His just wife don't go makes in. him go inside. That's why. Oh, I love like a good yeah. target. See, I'm the opposite. I will do every single target run. I will I do love a, target. Like, well, every grocery run, every errand. That's how you get out of the house when you have kids. I'm always like, I always raise my hand. I'll do that. <laughs> Yeah, I volunteer as tribute. I do it all the time. When I'm really good at it. I'll take errand. the four-year-old with me. I'm good at taking the four-year-old Aww. on. Well, because it's kind of fun. She likes doing it. But also, okay. it like keeps him occupied. Else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but like it, it, she gets kind of a thing. I get her out of the house so my wife can do some stuff. It's like stuff that needs to get done anyway. And it's like a so double win. Nice. I know. Well, again, we're both nice but there's a no, little there's a bit selfishness. of yeah. I get it. I Again, get it. I, there's I don't volunteer to do every single errand around the house purely because I'm a wonderful person. 
does keep me out of the house. No, I get it. Like, I moved back to my mom's. I was living in downtown by myself, right? And I was like, okay, I hate my apartment complex. And, and it's also expensive. No, I really do. You're laughing at that for Jorge. It wasn't he's nice. A jerk. I've known George since we were, like, in college. So he's, okay. a, he's a jerk, All right. you know? But it was... I- it was also expensive. <laughs> yes, it is, right? To live in downtown, it's expensive. But if they don't have half them, anyways, whatever. I do that now with my mom. Mom, I'm going to go to the store. Do you need anything? Because I'm like, I don't want to be there. <laughs> I don't want to be there. I was, like, oh. I was like, whatever you want, mom. What do you want? I'm going to go to the store. <laughs> so I feel Shout like- out to mom. <laughs> what you need to know, and she needs Same. to know this about her daughter, by right. the way, brought to you by Morongo Casino and Resport. What you need Resort to know is that Laura doesn't really appreciate her mom's generosity. No. Good times. <laughs> Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are or forever. Laura's driving around avoiding her mother. Apparently all the stuff that mom did for her growing up wasn't quite enough. No, it was not. Even letting her back in. They love me. Uh, all right, do they so, listen to the show? Uh, my dad does sometimes. Mm. My mom, you know, the English is broken. So just make it clear. You're not avoiding hey. your dad. It's just your mom. Laura. Her what? English isn't that broken. No, it's not. Listen, okay, when I say something. If she heard this stuff, segment, she'd be like, oh, no, she understood yeah, that. Well, I know. Like, one time when me and my sisters were talking smack, and she turns around, she's like, I know what you're talking about in Spanish. I was like, oh, Bobby. Oh, my, okay, my wife is Mexican-American. You know, she's fluent in Spanish. Uh, mom speaks often more comfortably in Spanish and English, even though she's fluent in both. There will be times where they're together, and they are clearly talking about me because mm-hmm. I'll hear like Spanish, 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 Andy. And I'll look at him like, guys, I'm right here. I mean, A, I can understand some Spanish, but B, I'm right here. And they'll be like, we're not talking about you. I'm like, yes, you are. You're clearly talking about me. They're like, you don't understand Spanish. I'm like, I understand Andy. I, I get Andy. So then the switch they'll make is they'll continue talking about me. But instead of Andy, they'll go esposo. Oh. I go, really? Like, That's really? just lazy. Yeah, I'm like, do you really think I don't know Esposo? Like, really? But yeah, that that's... This that's the reverse of what you're talking about, Laura. I'm like, I follow enough of this to know you're talking about that's me. That's funny. I know exa- I don't know exactly what you're saying, but I know exactly what you're they saying. They love you. That's what I tell my boyfriend. I'm like, they love you. Because <laughs> he understands Spanish, because he's half Mexican. And he's like, you know, I... You know, I know that y'all talking about me. Yeah, again, certain things. See, I wouldn't tell. I would just keep that under my hat and let let my like girlfriend in law like how, what's the right phrasing for like just assume that I don't understand. I think what it's she's boo. Saying. Boo. The, the yeah, formal boo. term is boo. Uh, just assume that I don't understand what she's saying about me, and pocket that information. Like when his mom, like his his mom is first generation here, right? So when I'll go over or whatever and we're talking. And we're we're speaking in Spanish, and his dad and him are like, um, you know that we know that you guys are mm-hmm. all talking about us. And I was like, yeah, we know. We don't care. <laughs> well, we're not trying to hide it. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. we don't care. Yeah. It's I, funny. I, again, esposo. <laughs> I understand. That's pretty insulting. Esposo. Yeah. That's pretty Oh, insulting. is marido? He said marido. Marido is a See, now that one. would work. Okay. Mi amigo Jorge right there. <laughs> Mi amigo aquí. <laughs> Yeah. That was your, uh, you know, 411 on Spanish and English. That was really good. <laughs> no, it can be very useful. I'd be careful speaking Spanish around Andy now after that display. <laughs> what you guys needed to know. <laughs> I, can, I can understand more than I can say. Like when I've gone to Mexico and when I was in Spain, I can follow the conversation well enough. I just can't add anything to it. This bothered me so much in Spanish class. I reached the, the, This is where I, I failed, started to fail in Spanish was because... We reached a point where the teacher would not let you ask questions in English. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if I had a question, and like the problem is I don't speak well. And if I could speak well enough to ask my question, I wouldn't have a question. <laughs> so my, George, my problem is I can't ask the question because I don't speak Spanish well enough. So George used to make fun of me because, I mean, I, obviously I am first gen, so my Spanish, even now, sometimes it's not correct. And I didn't want to say anything. You know, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and George will be like, it's not like that. It's like this. And I'm like, oh, shut up. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> People get it. So you well, he you well Spanish. actually her, her Spanish all the time. Oh, he, he didn't hear. You, you give her the well actually with, with, with Spanish. He's lame. Yeah. Exactly. See, Sucks. this is what I deal with, guys. This is what I deal with. 
I mean, this this is also ironic coming from the guy, too, who dropped the English vocabulary game in your <laughs> lap like a live hand grenade. Like, Oh, yeah, we found out it was Lindsay's. Yeah, Lindsay, Lindsay said that she you asked her like last minute, too. But still, I mean, th- there is a certain irony to that. You criticizing her vocabulary mm-hmm. when vocabulary <laughs> as a that. game totally did in Game of Games the worst game of games in the history. Wait, but but it would, I mean, I, I, I obviously when I wrote the game, I had planned for, like, I looked at the words. I knew how to say them. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little different. Well, I'm just saying that she you dropped know. it on two Mexicans. Come on, <laughs> Jorge did ask me if I could just host the game, and I said I was getting sound and doing the rundown, so I couldn't do By it the way, today. Jorge so. dropped out of that game so fast as though it was like he didn't even bother to try. He just said, "Hey, Amiga, <laughs> it's on you." <laughs> Worst. No, ever. All right, I'll get that. That he asked me if I had a game ready, and like that was the only one that was totally done. He, so like I probably should have just told him, "No, I don't." <laughs> he looked at the game. He looked at Laura. He looked at the bus, and he said, "Give me the hey, keys." Hey, but, but we're still talking about it, right? So, like, it, it all works. Content. Out we, we have something to talk about. Yeah. Oh, it, it, like if there's such a thing as a reverse Mandy, that's going to be what Jorge wins for that game. I'm not going to put it in. I'm in charge. Oh, there's the loophole right there. Yeah, he's in charge of running the Mandy's, so. He's running the Mandy's? Yeah, him and Morales, I think. Oh, God. That whole no no bots thing. Mm -hmm. Somehow Jorge's going to manage to get all of these votes with no bots. That's funny because everyone's like, oh, but he's running it. I'm like, yeah, because, you know, people talked a lot about this show and how they won a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but the only the only one that George could have (laughs) won that is really for him. He won. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. They came at us, but I'm throwing it back at him. <laughs> Stop the count. <laughs> Stop the count. All right. Coming up next, we will get into Mookie Betts shortstop. And also, too, Mark Davis saying some interesting things about the A's. He is not happy about their God. move to Vegas. He's got stupid hair. <laughs> yes, he does. Kamenetsky Brothers in for the guys, ESPN LA. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's And it's kind of a downer. I mean, this one actually works well because we, we honored Prince before the anniversary True. of Prince's death. It's a Prince song that he wrote. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean. I, I, oh, I have to repeat what I said because I said it in your ear. <laughs> I was saying I'm not mad at the music Morales is picking. Oh. Morales, sorry. But it's Friday, man. Like, you should be putting, like, bangers out. It's also a Lakers playoff Friday, Laura, on 710 ESPN, <laughs> getting you pumped for what's on tap for tomorrow night's game, Lakers versus Grizzlies, presented by Michelob Ultra, a refreshing and balanced flavor. With only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it. If you enjoy it, please enjoy responsibly. So we don't we don't use because she's four and I'm uh, you know dad of a daughter and I'm just mm-hmm. not going to use the, the term banger <laughs> like when it's like this is not doesn't feel right. <laughs> but we do talk about it with jams like is that a jam? Like my, so I've taught my daughter to like listen to a song and if she likes it she says oh that's a jam. Aww. And so you know that's what we do. And that's so cute. we go through and we go through all kinds of songs. It's a jam. One of the songs she thinks is a jam. Happy birthday. To jam. <laughs> She's four, right? She's four. Yeah, exactly. She said, We say somebody sang that at a birthday party. She said, That's a jam. Aww. Yeah. 
I love my niece. You know this. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday is objectively not a not jam. A jam. Nope. <laughs> it's actually, it's a pretty terrible song. It's it's probably the most terrible popular song ever. Yeah. Now, I mean, like you can't call nothing compares to nothing. Nothing compares to you is a great song. It's a it's a really good song, but I don't. I wouldn't call that a jam. No, it is kind of a banger, though. It is. is it a, I think it is a banger in its own right for that is it a genre. Banger. It's it's because it. De- that that's the key right there. What did you say? Genre. In yeah. its genre. genre. I mean, I don't think the genre matters though, if you're calling something a banger. When you see like, okay, for I was about to say, uh, the late Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, he has an incredible cover of "Nothing Compares to it's You." True. Like you can find it. Like the way he does "Nothing Compares to You," I'm sorry, it's a banger. It absolutely is. Even acknowledging it's a heavy, sad song, but the way he does it is, it's a banger. No other way around it. Mookie Betts. According to the internet, sorry. It's okay. (laughs) A a jam is when you turn to your buddy and say, oh, this is a classic and proceed to belt out every lyric. That is a jam. A banger banger is a song you hear at parties. High energy, dancing, jumping, forgetting the night kind of song. Okay, that is, yes, if we're doing technical, but we've also evolved with the terminology. Like, a lot of people use banger for something else, Mm -hmm. jam for something. I mean, come on, Cappy uses half the words wrong anyway. No, 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 we can't use him as a rib, but like That's there true. is a tremendous <laughs> uh, this is like is a hot dog a sandwich there is a tremendous amount of content built around what is the difference between a jam and a banger is there really yes okay now he's not he's like okay mookie forget it let's go back no, to yeah, jam or banger is, is like mookie a real thing oh, oh and, and a lot of people are throwing in bop bop jam or banger this sounds like something clinton would do on the internet by the way <laughs> jam or banger boy that by the way that sounded dirty. <laughs> it's true. I didn't want to. I guess say when you it. put the way, no, but he does. For people who don't follow Clinton Yates, on he does the the what is it? Stab, grab, or snag? snag mm-hmm. Which also, I guess, when you yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah it doesn't. Yeah. It's not helping. But that's what I was thinking of. I guess what it really comes down to is, if you really want any word to sound dirty, you can make it. Sound oh, that's dirty. true. Because like, <laughs> if you do it with the right tone. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna leave that one there. So Mookie Betts is playing shortstop, guys. <laughs> and does he think it's a banger? Oh, <laughs> he loves. Is it. Mookie Betts playing shortstop a jam or a banger? Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Yeah. It's a joint. Dodger. It is. Dodgers got a smack today. Thirteen nothing. Um, almost. Almost perfect game mm-hmm. by Drew Smiley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who, I mean, by, the, by the way, was doing just that after he was awfully smiley, wasn't he? But the day before, they won against the Cubs, and Mookie Betts lived out what has apparently really been a dream for him playing shortstop, mm. late game replacement. It's a jam. It was a jam. And uh, the double play that he converted, he'd say it was a banger. Mm-hmm. I, I know how Dodgers fans are really upset right now. <laughs> This is the terminology. Sorry, These are the, this here. is you the terminology. I didn't invent the terminology. Because I said when he said it was a dream for Mookie, I said he was a new joint. Yeah. <laughs> Get it? Again, I, all, I've got like a thousand different jokes that I could make, and I can't make any of them. No. It's not fair. Yeah. But like every people are, look, I understand contextually the Dodgers are not as good as they have been, that there is uh, significantly more competition in the in the division and all of this stuff. I mean, you wouldn't want to do it the way the Lakers have done, but the Lakers have taught us, like, there's time. Like, stuff is going to happen over the course of the season. And, you know, the Dodgers, for all of the hand-wringing and all that, are a game and a half out of first place. If it matters that they're you know, where you are on April 21st, they're a game and a half behind Arizona. It's like it is it is not a good idea to get worked up. You can be like, this is stuff we might want to fix. You know, the Dodgers have some holes in the lineup. It has not been very productive. The pitching staff is like, there's some reasons to. Nobody, nobody should freak out about any baseball team before June 1st. That's it. Like if you're not unless you're just buried, if the Dodgers were two and 17, okay. You're kind of trolling around 500. Stop. Don't get angsty about that. There's plenty of time for that later in the year. Yeah, I mean, 
For Dodger fans, the concern is just they don't have the usual stacked talent that they normally have. No question. Here's how you're going to know, by the way, that the Dodgers have lost confidence in themselves organizationally over the season. They just feel like this is not their year. When Mookie becomes the everyday shortstop, like that's when they've just they're leaning into gimmickry at that point. Well, when he becomes the like the the, the third starter, I think that's when you really it's like it's Urias, it's Kershaw, and it's Betts. Like that's who they're throwing you know out what, in the though? series. He's such a good athlete. Oh, I'm sure he's good at it. Like Mookie Betts, I guarantee you, was the best pitcher on his little league team. I guarantee you. Like you remember when when Andy and I when we used to do uh you know the, when we used to freelance for ESPN the magazine one of the little things that they would have us go into locker rooms and clubhouses and all that we would do is is go ask athletes like what was your worst sport growing up and like unless they were allowed to say golf because none of them played and it's a weird you know did sport you or see by the way uh, Spectrum Sportsnet that Austin uh, Reeves playing golf well Austin Reeves playing golf but it was part of a backstage Lakers mm-hmm. but they were in a, I think a Top Golf and LeBron you know. One of the greatest athletes to ever athlete anything. Mm-hmm. He swung his club. He can't do can't it hit all. a golf ball. Nope. Right. And so, like, if you remove golf from the equation, it's like hockey for some of these guys. Like, you'd ask them, "What was your worst sport growing up?" And they, you know, a lot of them would kind of be sheepish about it. And we would be like, "Nothing. I was always the best player on on my team and whatever I did because, yeah, I'm in the NFL now, but I was also like these guys are people don't understand professional athletes." are a different species than the rest of us. And so just because they became professionals at basketball, they were also the best football player if they played football. They were the best baseball player if they played baseball. They were the best at everything because that's the kind of sick genetic freak that they are. You know what, though? I I will always remember this because you and I did those for years, like you were mentioning before for ESPN the Magazine. The reverse of that that I got one time from an absolute elite athlete, I asked that question to Serena Williams, and maybe this was false modesty. I have no idea of knowing whether it's true or not. She claimed every sport was her worst sport other than tennis. tennis. She said, again, Serena Williams claiming this, other than tennis, she's not particularly good at any sports, she presented herself as not a particularly good athlete other than well, tennis. Well, that's wrong. But like, here's the thing. is The problem is because when you are Serena Williams, they, they don't play any other sports. Like the tennis pipeline, like you could ask a gymnast that probably too, and they'd be like, yeah, I'm not good because they weren't ever allowed to play other things. All they did was play or do the thing that they did. That's true. That is true. But again, according to Serena Williams, okay. she's not a particularly good athlete if you take her off the tennis court. I no disrespect. She's lying. <laughs> that is a lie. Lovely, lovely person just trying. That is, you mentioned the possibility of false modesty. False modesty. But yeah, if Mookie Betts all of a sudden ends up playing shortstop three or four days a week, that's not good. No, like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to say again. I'm not. I'm not saying all is well with the Dodgers. Although again, my big takeaway: thirteen nothing. They lost to Chicago today. The game was still done in under two hours and forty minutes. So I'm like, all right, we're doing something right here. Mookie's made it really, really clear that he's wanted to do this for a long yeah. time. Like, the last time he did this professionally was, like, low A ball. He hasn't done this in... But he's o- drafted as a shortstop. Right, but he hasn't played shortstop at any professional level for over a decade. He mm-hmm. has apparently been dying to do this. You know, he's been wanting to go to second base even before this was like... A, he's, like, wants to do it. The only way this... <laughs> it's like me in high school. Like, the only way, though, that this happens <laughs> on a regular basis would be if... Um, the only way this would happen on a regular basis would be if the team is lousy. So, <laughs> if you ask Mookie, a good line. Yeah, who's got two rings, he's already got two World Series rings, he's probably already punched his ticket into the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. He's got a long career ahead of him. He's still a relatively young guy. Toss the season, but get to play three months at shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> or... You get yourself relatively back in the race, but you're playing every day in right field, which is just another day of baseball at the office for you. It's it's Mookie Betts. And so I think the answer is put me in right field. Let's go win a title. Inject him with truth. But but it would be a harder choice than he would like to admit. 
Like how? Okay, <laughs> only because like it's so selfish. It's so selfish to be like, you know what? Just gonna because it sounds like he up. really wants it's to play. Super, in the although infield. I would wonder if three months is too long. Like maybe if you because like it might be one of those things where the novelty comes and then he starts to get into the grind of playing. Well, he won't himself. know that though until he does it. That's true. He's not gonna. I'm not saying he'll definitely enjoy it for three months, but it seems like he would love to do this every day if he could he's probably accomplished everything what is right the, what is will. the thing that like is you know as decent athlete normal decent athletes like in our in our younger days um you know like i cappy was a you know professional caliber kicker like a level above us travis rogers pitched, pitched at uc right. sb i was like good enough to play baseball in college like, it's like that was like my, the sport where i could have everything else i played done in high school um but like, what is the thing that you would do if you could be a, whether it's, you know, hit a home run, hit, you know, slam dunk a basketball in a game, um, you know, what, whatever, you can pick one thing to just do one time, score, you know, a breakaway goal in, in hockey and live that and just feel what it is to be that guy for that one thing. I will tell you. Coming up next. Oh, well, well, that was well done. Before we get into a little big deal or no deal, Kamenetsky Brothers, in for the guys, ESPN LA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, you're supposed to be like, Sedano's not here, but I am. So take it away, I, Lindsay. Okay. I, I, well, nobody told me that. I didn't. <laughs> I'm telling, I didn't. That's what I'm telling you now. It's hey, Sedano's not here, here. So take it away, Lindsay. <laughs> thanks, Andy. All right, guys. So for a little big deal <laughs> or no to go, deal thanks, here. Andy. Thanks, Andy. There you go. Moise a little crack. For a guy who's uh, in so here all the time, he's making user. a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I'm not in here all the time. Andy. No, you're not making mistakes. This is how we do it, you know? This is our show. <laughs> I mean, I got my dog barking. Oh, that wasn't a drop? Anyway. That was actually your dog? No, yeah, it was my dog. Cool. Somebody, somebody is playing catch outside my door or something. Ooh, breaking news, Andy. We'll get to this in a second. Okay, would you want to get to the breaking news first? No, no, no. Okay, all right. So a TikTok user claims to have used artificial intelligence to clone the voices of Drake and The Weeknd for a song that sounds so convincing that Twitter users are calling it scary. The song, which is called Heart on My Sleeve, was uploaded by anonymous TikTok user Ghostwriter977 over the weekend, and it's taken the internet by storm. Uh, it's already garnered more than 10 million views on TikTok, and it's also been played more than 300,000 times on Spotify. So is the fact that a random person can convincingly create a hit song using real people's voices a big deal or no deal, Andy? That's a really big deal, <laughs> particularly if you're Drake or The Weeknd. <laughs> that's a that's a huge <laughs> deal. I know how they'd answer. <laughs> that's like like what what need do we even have for Drake and The Weeknd anymore? It, right? It's frightening. I mean, like what is starting to become accomplished with broadly speaking AI is pretty terrifying. Like we. It is starting to become really increasingly easy to picture a future where the bots replace us all. You know, like the the type of thing that we saw in Terminator where the robots rebel against humanity because they decide they have no more need for us. We're getting closer to that, Lindsay. Interestingly enough, actually, Andy's not even here today. This whole thing is just AI. <laughs> An AI simulation of Andy. It's a huge deal. Like, we're we're not mature enough as a society to be able to handle this kind of thing like with you know the amount the, the level and quality of deep fakes and all this other stuff like we just we we can't we cannot handle it no, it's, well let's say we obviously all agree it's a big deal like is is it okay like do you guys have thoughts on how this is supposed to work because like i just said like if this can be done then like what do we need those guys for really anymore you well, know he, you might be able to, here's the thing though you might be able to convincingly create their sound like like a sort of a faxed version of it but 
I would say I need to see more of it before you can say you can truly replicate the weekend and Drake when it comes to their okay, ability well, uh, to create hits when, to really understand what people want. To put it in perspective, well, though, when Chat GPT came out, it like you know, oh, it's failing the bar exam, and this like three months later, it was acing the bar yeah. exam. So like this stuff happens really. It's the speed with which this stuff improves. Like we adjust to like, there's lots of good things and interesting stuff, and and so you can do with all this AI technology and whatever. The problem is the stuff improves faster than we're able to process what you can do and what you can't do, what you should do and what you should. Well, that's do. just tech in general. Like, okay, SoFi is a stadium that looks like it is from a thousand years in the future. Like you would be watching sports in thirty twenty three. It's amazing. That, by the way, it's the next time the Rams have a draft pick. <laughs> it's just state-of-the-art incredible. You know, that's a good idea, actually. In five, Imagine, this could change, like, sports forever. In five years, man, that place is going to seem obsolete. Not even AI can get the Clippers a title, though. Bam! <laughs> hey, you never know. I mean, if Ballmer's the guy with all the money, I feel like Second most powerful bald man on the planet. Really right, is. right. So I feel like he's kind of got the uh, upper hand in that, don't you think? Well, mm -hmm. he and he also knows tech, Lindsay. So mm -hmm, between mm -hmm. the money and I guess his ability to create AI that can win a championship, Balmer's Balmer's got all his bases covered, man. But to the original point, I it's scary in all these levels. I mean, like I I hear about writers worried that oh. they will eventually lose their jobs because of Chat GPT and AI and just. Everybody seeming obsolete, I guess, other than the people who create AI until the AI can create itself, and then nobody has a job. And what nobody I mean. will even exist because they're just going to take over the world. They will. I mean, it, it, it is what we see in The Terminator and T2. Skynet you, is coming. Did you just owe Jesus because the Cavs have 29 points like like two minutes to go in the second no, quarter? I was just mad because Brunson just stole the ball and broke okay. away and scored. It's not going well. Uh, you know what? It's not going well right now, but there's still plenty of game left, so relax. Okay, so Brian, one game. you pose the question. Mm -hmm. If you could do one thing at the professional level in the a game. The most elite level. Most elite level. Game, any sport. Whatever any it is. Sport, any sport. What are you choosing? I Because I got mine. Okay. I, I originally was like probably just like hit a hit a, like a 98 mile an hour fastball over a wall or something like that and feel like what that feels like because that's a cool hitting a home run is a really cool feeling but the, actually the thing like but i've at least done something similar to those like i've hit baseballs i've played high you know what i've never done i would like to feel what it feels like to run like michael johnson to do a 200 or a 400 meter and be that fast for 40 seconds or whatever. And that's why I would do the 200 or the 400 as opposed to the 100 because that would be over in like eight or whatever the world record is if I ran one thing like Usain Bolt. But to do an entire like Michael Johnson style run and feel what it is to be that fast I think would be amazing. That's a good one. Thank you. That's actually a very good one. I would go with NFL game, packed stadium, last seconds of a game, Pick six. Ooh, that's fun. Pick six for like 98 yards untouched. That ain't bad. That's very specific. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I want to get the most of my one moment, Lindsay. That's true. Like, this is the, this oh, so is my... it's only one moment ever. Yeah, one yeah, moment one, You can ever. do one thing. One thing. Mine would, be, mine would be to sink a putt to win the Masters. Ooh, that would be feel cool. I love, I love golf. Well, though. that's... I, I'm not that's good at it, but I like golf, watching... The thing about that's great about golf, Lindsay, and I think it makes it so addicting, is even if you're not good, and like I'm not good at all, every now and then you will hit a shot that a pro really couldn't hit any better. And it's more luck than anything you did. <laughs> Maybe a little more. But but it is true. If I if I'm at a if I'm at a hundred and sixty-two yard par three and I hit it to within eight feet, seven feet, chances are the pro hitting behind me isn't going to do any better. There was one time, Brian, you were there. It was years ago. It was probably like 15 years ago. Mm. I was in a deep, deep yep. trap with my ball basically against the wall of this trap. I had to turn my wedge, so I was basically hitting it mm -hmm. with the, the wedge sideways. This is his like golf parallel. story of, of of looking like Jason Statham. <laughs> like, this is it. Like, But that shot, I managed to get it out 
That is a really difficult shot. I did it on the first try. Yep. A pro could not have done that any better. Roll that up the side true. of that sand trap and onto the green. I saw and it. And that's one of those moments that will keep you playing even though you are as terrible as I am. And Lindsay, I don't know how you are, but I'm sure every now and then you hit one of those shots. Oh, like, I know. Oh, yeah. I don't golf. I'm not. I like. I've tried to golf. I'm. I took lessons. I worked at golf courses for years on the beverage cart. Love that. I just love watching it. Like I'm not good at it. I like. I can. You know. I'll go to like top golf in the driving range, but I don't. I'm not gonna. You know. What get is out on beverage the cart, cart girl life life like? Oh, it's the best. That was the best job I've ever had. How so? Love that job. Why? I mean, you make great money. You get to just kind of like drive your little beverage cart around and like, you know, ask people if they if they want drinks, serve drinks to people. You get to talk to them and, you know, get to know people. It's always fun. Like I were you like at, one um, of the like, flirty ones, like one of the flirty beverage cart people. It's kind of part of the job, you know, yeah. like, you know. Oh, you Do you come with the car. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's always a good one. I've never heard that one. before. <laughs> oh, you. Is that the is that the worst line that you are? Do you come with the drink? I'm sure I could think of worse ones if I really thought about it. They're pretty, pretty bad though. Like, but you know, that's, that's it's like it gets it comes along with the territory, I guess. Okay, on the, I'm sure. Okay, over the course of an average day with the cart, how many times do you think you heard the equivalent of "Do you come with the car? Do you come with the drink?" And of that, those times, how many was it ever like? Okay, you're kind of cute. At least, like <laughs> this is at least flattering in a way that is appreciated. Versus just go away, you creepy old man. I mean, flattery is, you know, like I'm always flattered, but I would say probably like half the times that you go up to, you know, golfers, they're going to like, I would say like half the times they're flirting with you. I, I'm not half. Lindsay, I got to mm-hmm. be honest. I'm shocked. I mean, it's I, only half. Half sounds I, like I would say false at least modesty. Half. Okay. I'll say at least half. I mean, because first of all, you are part of the cart, which includes alcohol, which leads to all men thinking that they are a lot more attractive than they actually are, which leads to See, but flirting. I was smart, though, because I always worked the super early, like the, the first shift. You know, we had like the morning and then the, the Ireland person. shift, and, the John Ireland. Yes, shift. I, I always worked the super early shift where I got there at like 6 a.m. because that way they're buying a lot of alcohol and they're tipping very well, but they're not so drunk yet to the point where you, they're getting like really creepy and gross and weird. The six. Oh, that's interesting. That early. You still got action going at the golf cart? That- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. 100%. Ooh. Yeah, people don't waste time. Even it's actually six- usually busier because the people that golf earlier are like the more, I guess, serious golfers, I guess. And like, not even serious, but it's ones like they want to get in. They're not just like drunk or like college dudes or bachelor party dudes or I'm just going to go, you know. That's when Radio's John golf. Ireland plays golf. Yeah. Six I feel morning. like the more serious golfers that are trying to actually win money and stuff are like those guys golf earlier. Yeah, that's when you see John Ireland, Ben I, uh, John. Yeah, and I'm Ireland, sure that John ben Ireland tipped very well. Oh, I, I would guarantee be, he does. I would be willing to bet all the mythical money that John Ireland exactly, is a exactly, very, very good tipper. So that's a big deal or no big deal. Well, let me get one more in real quick yeah, before we it. go to uh, the break. Speaking of uh, people being really good at what they do. Phillies right fielder Bryce Harper is on track to potentially have one of the fastest recovery times for Tommy John surgery ever. Harper, who underwent reconstructive surgery on his right elbow back in November, could return by May 5th if he's cleared by his doctor. So for context, there was a 2018 study of position players who underwent Tommy John surgery, and they found that the average time frame for a player to return to his prior professional level was 382 days. And that is more than twice as long as Harper's projected return. So if he comes back basically in half the time that it's supposed to take from Tommy John surgery, is that a big deal or no deal? Feels like a big deal. I mean, he's pretty good. Well, it also feels like potentially a big deal to me because you wonder if maybe this could be the beginning of a tipping point. Like, remember how an Achilles tear used to be considered just your career is over in the NBA? And now we've reached a place where you can tear your Achilles and, you know, it's a grueling rehab. It's horrible, but you can get back on the court. And that's like the advancements that we've made with that injury. You wonder if maybe Bryce Harper represents the upper echelon of that recovery time becoming more common. So in that sense, yeah, it would be a big deal. The only thing I'm wondering is like if if he were a pitcher, it would be an extraordinary thing. But, you know, because he's not – I. 
maybe but it that takes a little bit of the shine study, off it. But that specific study was for position players. Like, take it. It's like a whole separate category. Oh, I, so it's not that, even just like you well, know players well, in general. There goes that idea then. Yeah. Shows you what I, I know. Think no, I mean I, I, I do think you know the ability of guys like like Andy's saying like. The, the level we're at at figuring out how to rehab of surgical techniques and making them less invasive um, and using better, you know, uh, techniques and things like that to lower the amount of trauma that players go through for all this stuff. It is it is amazing what used to kill guys careers doesn't anymore. So good for Bryce Harper. Either that or he just saw a German doctor. It's one of the oh, other. Oh, he went to the LeBron James of elbows. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. <laughs> went to, exactly. The LeBron James of elbows. I was, need to go to the LeBron James of dentists because okay. I've not been to one in a while. I know. It's terrifying. Just the dentist still scares me even as, a, as an adult man. Mine died like a decade ago. I have not replaced it. <laughs> I guess he was he was very a LeBron James. He was, he was very good, and I just he, he said that le- he gave me a checkup that last one. He said you're good. I want to see you until 2025. All right, coming up next, a uh, little dealer's choice. Not exactly sure. He was what above the Palmer line, by the way. <laughs> what we're going to talk about, but we will get into it. Kamenetsky Brothers in for the guys, ESPN LA. At least a little more uplifting from Morales. <laughs> I mean, at least he could have gone with sometimes it snows in April, I suppose. Yeah. He's at least... Little Red Corvette. I mean, like of all the songs, like Prince has a million songs. It's a Friday night. Yeah. To just get people up. Boom, boom, yes. boom, boom, boom. And th- he's and, a yeah. weird and exceedingly weird person. <laughs> he's just a strange, strange man. We love you, Chris. We do. We totally But I mean, just he's, he's an odd duck. Strange cat. Well, you know what? He's not nearly as odd, Chris Morales, as Mark Davis, the well, owner no. of the Raiders. <laughs> and he's a lot more functional. Yes, yes <laughs> he is. And he's got way better hair oh, than Mark Davis. By a lot. Chris Morales has. Can there we go. I'm like, you know. Secondhand store. Raspberry beret. Mark Davis. Might want to invest in a Raspberry Beret. This is one of those. That's one of those songs too that like has a specific time and place for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, camp. Yep. <laughs> well, camp. And my Walkman. Oh, yeah, it was a- my 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 yellow sport Walkman to be specific. Very very Walkman song. Uh-huh. All right, so Mark Davis, he uh, he's mad at the Oakland A's, Brian. Um, you may have heard the A's are set to move to Vegas, where mm-hmm. the Raiders currently reside. And Mark Davis is very unhappy about sharing that city with uh, his former co-tenant. He said, uh, there's an interview in the Las Vegas Review-Journal, I won't forget what they did to us in Oakland. They squatted on a lease for 10 years and made it impossible for us to build on that stadium. He's talking about when the Raiders were looking to stay in Oakland before eventually going to Vegas. We were looking for a stadium. We were looking for a stadium. They didn't want to build a stadium. Then went ahead and signed a 10-year lease with the city of Oakland and said, we're the base team. They marketed the team as rooted in Oakland. That's been their mantra through the whole thing. The slogans they've been using have been a slap in the face of the Raiders, and they were trying to win over that mentality in the Bay Area. Well, all they did was bleep the Bay Area. Mark Davis, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Mark Davis and the Raiders who have left the Bay Area twice. <laughs> <laughs> he does let you know he's got nothing against the players. He was an A's fan way back in the day. Reggie Jackson, all those guys. Reggie Jackson's a good friend, but Mark Davis says, not this management group, no. I mean, look, Mark Davis is mad too because they held up stadium negotiations. They did all kinds of stuff. Um, and essentially what it amounts to is that uh, he, the, the A's in his mind prevented him from being able to either leave earlier and ditch the Bay Area or somehow squeeze taxpayers in the Bay Area to f- subsidize you know, a new stadium and all this other stuff and give him the kind of sweetheart deal that he ended up getting in Vegas. And he was mad that he couldn't be made rich faster than richer faster than he was. Um, because of the A's, in his mind, a pox on all these people's houses. Well, I mean, that's the thing you always got to remember. With all of these billionaire owners of teams, they can always build the stadium 
if they want to. They can always stay. Now he can, in fairness to Mark Davis, he's not that kind of rich. No, no, I know that. But you can you can find you can find ways to make it privately happen. finance it and all that. There, there sure. are ways to make this happen that does not involve public funding. And even if you want to say Mark Davis is a relative exception, he still proves the rule. Hey, you see, he was doing this. These guys all do. The, he's doing the same stuff. He was holding Oakland hostage, try to get his thing. He was dangling, you know, going to here and coming back there, and all this stuff. And he's looking to try to get somebody to build him a stadium. And Las Vegas would do it. The A's, you know, I, if I were in the Bay Area, I would. There was no. I mean, there's a reason the A's are drawing. Like, I am not making this up. Like three thousand people a game. Yeah. Um, Stadium has possums in it. <laughs> <laughs> more possums than people, I, yeah. suspe- I suspect. Definitely more rats. Um, <laughs> it's all, we built a zoo, basically. Um, but I, I, I never have sympathy for any of these guys. Ever. Ever. You own the team. If you can't afford to run the team in a way that makes, you know, that allows it to be um, successful in the way that a modern sport, sports franchise should be, sell the team. Sell it. I'll tell you, man, if you are a fan of a team and that team moves, you never forget it. You never forgive it. Because I was that way with the now Arizona Cardinals, then St. Louis Cardinals Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, and they were our NFL team. I mean, you remember this, Brian. I was a massive, massive then St. Louis Cardinals fan. And, you know, Bill Bidwell moved them out of town. And I was angry at them for years. Years ago, you and I actually did a, a piece for ESPN the magazine um, where we were both NFL orphans. And we went around. It was actually really fun. We went around to different training camps mm-hmm. in the NFL to have these teams pitch us on being their fan. And I went to Arizona Cardinals camp in part, not even in part, actually. I went with the idea of I'm going to waste their time and then say in the magazine, I would never pick them. But then I started finding myself getting all sentimental, thinking about my Cardinals memories. Mm-hmm. I tried to get the Cardinals front office to get Bill Bidwell to apologize to me for moving the team. I was, like, I was like, he doesn't even have to mean it. Nope. But if he will apologize, I will pick the Cardinals as my team in this big magazine. This is like at the height of ESPN, the magazine. It was huge then. I'm like, just get him to, I, I asked then coach Ken Wisenhunt if he could help me out with this. I asked some other people. Nobody could make this happen. Lindsay, the Cavs have 32 points at halftime. Listen, we're, you know, it's just. What are uh, you people doing? The, the game one was also a shock to the system. I feel like once they get adjusted, they're good at making adjustments. adjustments. So I'm not, I mean. I mean the series is game. well underway. What a hideous <laughs> right. basketball they, game that must be. And they kicked their butts in game two and made them look, you know, they they brought it in I mean, game like two. They how, made their how, adjustments. How far into the series do the Cavs need before, I guess, they're, they're feeling You know that they did, like, blow them out last game, right? No, I, I understand that, but that would... Theoretically, points at halftime, Lindsay. Yeah, that would theoretically be a sign that blowout that they that they had adjusted and they'd felt it out. It seems like they haven't. Oh, well, that is horrible. It's only one game. <laughs> You're already there at halftime. I just hope both teams have fun. Yeah, me too. Oh, who wins game three, Andy? I'm a little nervous about that. I think it's the Lakers. I think so too. I. And that's what makes me nervous. I think they. They tend to bounce back from these sort of things. Anthony Davis tends to bounce back after, you know, subpar performances. Whether whether the late, the Grizzlies have jaw back or not, he's likely going to be limited to some degree. Apparently, he can't catch. Right, it was what we learned earlier in the show. So as long as he starts off with the ball, or you throw it to his left hand, he's fine. But if we throw it away from him, he can't take it back because he can't catch. Right, that's a problem. And they already don't have Steven Adams. They don't have Brandon Clark. Like, the Lakers should have advantages over them. But what does make me nervous, even though I'm predicting the Lakers are going to win game three, the truth is they have not looked great or even close to great, close to consistently over the last few weeks. And there was a part of me wondering if maybe it was due to the fatigue of, you know, they played like six game, like five games in six days, something like that. They had legitimately played a lot, Brian. But now I'm wondering if, okay, they've had plenty of rest in between games. Mm -hmm. 
still haven't looked better. You wonder if either there's an element of pretty water. well in game one. Okay, but they that's the, pretty well in game fine, one. But that's the one. That's really the one game that which came looked, after all the rest, right? And then didn't look good in game two. You, you, but is that fatigue or arrogance? I don't know. We'll see in game three. But what I would say is, if they don't play well in game three, it makes me think that either a water has reached its own level to some degree, or they just tax themselves mentally and physically to get themselves to this point and there's nothing left. For anybody who's wondering why Lindsay sounds just so beaten up in this game, uh, the Cavs are shooting 31% overall and 10.5% from three-point range. <laughs> and the Knicks are shooting a robust 42% and 21% from three. I can't believe you've watched all, you've all, I can't believe you've watched that. That is awful. Lindsay's Cleveland through and through. So plenty of time to get better. I mean, you're, I, right? I'll say this for improvement. You're going to shoot there. better than 10 percent from three yep. in, the, in the third and fourth quarter. Exactly. It can't get much worse. And Donovan Mitchell could use some help. He's got 12 of the Cavaliers, 32 points right now. <laughs> My God. Oh, there are times. This is like but like when people talk about like, you know, the, this was a big Twitter debate like the last couple weeks or so, like. Was the game better? Analytics have ruined it. Like, you know, it was better before when it wasn't so wide open, people shooting threes. Every playoff, every playoff game in from 1992 to 2006 was 45 to 32 at halftime. If you go back, the most stunning thing from the Jordan documentary is when you see the fourth quarter clips of Jordan lighting up the Pacers in this and that. The score is 82 to 79 with three minutes left in the game. There was an awful lot That's of that. All of, every game was like this one that Lindsay is suffering through um, during the show. And it's not even like they're in the finals. Because like by the time you get to the finals, everybody's just spent. You're going right. to have low scoring games. This is games. the first round. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, hey, Lindsay, you got 34. You got 34 points now. Very exciting. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to being invited back. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, we are. Look, I will root. You're skating for you. on thin ice. I will root for you. I have no love for the Knicks. Um, yeah, I, like, come on. Are, 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 is there anything worse than Knicks fans? Like, come on. I mean, there is, but they're pretty bad. I mean, it's not so much Knicks or the Knicks fans. It's James Dolan. He's very. I think uh, it's all of it. All the above. Unfortunately, Dan Gilbert's no prince to root for either. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Fun weekend we have ahead. Game three, Lakers, Grizzlies, Kamenetsky brothers. See y'all.